So I have a 22-year-old vehicle, and um, every now and then I have a problem with it. And I could go to what is traditionally called the glove box and pull out the owner's manual. But when I bought this used vehicle, it didn't have an owner's manual. But the beautiful thing is there's the worldwide Internet. So I go online, I find my owner's manual, and I find typically um, an answer as to what that light means or what the issue could be or how much oil I'm supposed to put into it. In the same way, God, the author of marriage, and his word, his um, guidebook for us, the Bible, can help us whenever we face a warning light or a symptom or a challenge in our relationship. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Greg Smalley, who leads our uh, marriage team along with his wife, Erin. She's not in today, but Greg, you love numbers. So how does having a strong spiritual connection uh, benefit a couple? What's the research indicate? Yeah, so married couples who attend church services frequently and who pray together on a frequent basis, they are more happier and they're more likely to succeed in their marriage than those who who aren't doing those two things. So even narrow down how we connect to each other spiritually to attending church on a weekly basis and praying together every day, it 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 absolutely impacts the marriage by creating we're more satisfied and we're more likely to stay together. Well, and I think the word you used in a recent episode is safe. Yeah. And that cultivates a safety because you're you're both demonstrating a heart for God and, and what he has to say. Well, Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs seemed to have a great marriage um, until their relationship fell apart and uh, they got a divorce. Now, the entirety of our conversation with them is called Hope for Every Marriage, and we're linking over to that in the show notes if you've missed previous episodes. Um, here are Jeff and Cheryl speaking with Jim Daly about how God started to change their hearts even though they were divorced from each other. You know, there's something unique that's coming out in your story, and I, I don't know that a lot of people experience this in the circumstances that you faced. I mean, you're, Cheryl, you're having an affair, you end up divorcing, you're two to three years after the divorce. There seems to be an incredible um, sense of humility in it, though. It, mm-hmm. It's like you know what's happening, your heart is broken, mm-hmm. the tether between you is still there, even though it's a... Like the visual I have is a a rope with all the threads torn except one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was just something still hanging on visual. between you. Mm-hmm. What yeah, was that? Wow, that's that's great. Um, never, <laughs> I never thought about the mm-hmm. humility factor. Wow, that's interesting. It does take humility to stay yeah. connected because that anger could have overwhelmed either of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of couples deal mm-hmm. with. It's just right. done. It's over. Right. Sure. What I you had, did? Well, oh. and I had lived, you know, starting in year two or so. Um, I did start getting angry, but it never showed. I mean, I'm the typical type A, you know, perfectionist, had a great spirit, you know, just smile on my face, outwardly loving my husband, uh, dying on the inside. That's how I would have described myself. You know, Jeff and I had an incredible working relationship with the girls. Um, we lived five minutes from each other. We didn't have the normal visitation. We We did have a schedule, but... You know, Jeff wanted the girls two nights overnight during the week so he could take them to school. And we agreed on all of that. He never came to the door mad at me. We never put the kids on the sidewalk. Mm. Uh, We walked in each other's homes, you know, mostly right in the front foyer, but not, you know, walking around the house and things like that. But uh, we did have a good relationship there. But my heart, even though I now was free to pursue this other relationship, my heart was still with Jeff. 
And so when you talk about that one little strand, mm. it's the covenant that we made with God is that is really what that was, which we at that point, we weren't pursuing or I didn't even know really anything about that. Um, at this point, you know, three months after we divorce, I finally come to know the Lord. And for me, it was like a Damascus Road experience mm. for me. Mm. It really was. I was 33 and my eyes were completely opened. I was so hungry for the Lord. I was reading everything I could get my hands on on marriage. I couldn't stay out of the word. I had my home set up where I had a little chair and a little light, and I'd wake up every morning at five o'clock in the morning. I didn't even know how to read the Bible. And these girlfriends of mine that I talked about uh, uh, that that were loving on me um, said, "Here's what you <laughs> here's what you need to do. Just you know, get up in the morning, or it doesn't have to be morning, but whenever time to spend with the Lord and." get your Bible out, have a, a journal or something and start writing your prayers. And that's what I started to do every day at five o'clock. I couldn't wait to get up at five o'clock. And one day I'm sitting there and this is about two or three months after I came to know Jesus. It's right after Christmas actually. And on my paper was pursue reconciliation of your marriage. That was written in your journal. Yes. And I looked at those words and I shut my journal and I'm like, there is no way mm. I'm in love with someone else. I'll never consider that. And that's where the anger was for me at that point, because I was so mad at Jeff that, you know, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, I guess. You know, that's the way I saw it. Well, what, what did you expect him to do? What did well, you just, want him to you do? Know, he was supposed to read my mind. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I asked that question for that reason. I think a lot of women, a lot of wives are frustrated with their husbands mm -hmm. because we find that very hard to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, much to your chagrin. Right. But um, how did you manage that? What's the next turn? Where do you and Jeff take that broken strand around yeah. that single solid strand and how do you tie that together mm -hmm. and what was it? Well, the next day I kept waking up every day and that was the, the topic pursue reconciliation, pursue reconciliation. And finally, I I was um, invited to a Tommy Nelson study, The Song of Solomon. Right. Tommy did it live back then. It was in 1993, January of 93. And I sat with a thousand other people and I had no idea what The Song of Solomon was. <laughs> Didn't know where to find it in my Bible. it was a rock group. <laughs> and I sat there with my mouth dropped open for six weeks. And I mm -hmm. thought I had no idea that God had a plan for marriage. Uh, that he had a plan for dating, he had a plan for us. And what I realized, because now I was in tune with the Spirit of God, that, that the Lord was sharing with me that here's another marker for you, for you to pursue reconciliation. And it was a turning point for me. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I, I, um, I went to Jeff and I communicated to him that I felt like, I, I told him I'd become a Christian and he kind of shook his head like, whatever. And, and you're doing the Bible study at your church mm -hmm. at yeah. this time. Yeah. So. And he, and I didn't believe her when she said it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I've been fighting for this marriage for all these years. And then three months after the divorce, she comes to know the Lord. I'm, yeah, it was just too coincidental for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe her. Okay. So I, t I told him, I said, I felt like, uh, you know, I'm learning the Bible. I'm learning about marriage, God's intentions. And we did it all wrong. And I really feel like God is leading us to restore the marriage and, and really try to work on putting it back together. Okay, Jeff, I got to ask. I mean, at that moment, what are you thinking? I'm thinking she's crazy. There's no way. Yeah, and I'm so prideful. I'm just like, no. You know, I'm still angry. I'm still dealing with that anger I have. And um, I'm just looking at her like, you're crazy. Well, he yeah. said, I'll never 
reconcile yeah. with you ever. Don't mm. ever talk to me about it. Never, never. Never say never. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, though. Yeah. So what, I mean, what was the catalyst then? If your hearts are, you know, you're reaching out, mm-hmm. you're trying, right. Jeff's rebuffing that effort. Mm-hmm. What took place that opened your heart, Jeff? I mean, what, how did you say, well, okay, I think it was, I'll try? It, it was definitely a combination of things. One, it was that Bible study that I was uh, teaching the young men at church. But then one night... I was just laying in bed and I didn't have the girls that night. And typically when I didn't, many nights I would just lay there in my bed and I'm really just crying, looking at the ceiling and just crying. Just like, you know, how did it get here? And I was just like toss and turn. And I opened my Bible and I was reading Proverbs. You know, it was interesting. It was probably on the third because somebody said, hey, there's 31 Proverbs. Right. You know, Which and, we've all yeah, done. Right. And so <laughs> I turned, I was reading Proverbs and I came across Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which was a verse I memorized in vacation Bible school back at my uh, Baptist church in my hometown. And the verse said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And I'm reading that verse and I'm feeling like, really like I'm wrestling with the Lord and he's showing me, Jeff, you've been leaning on your own understanding for at that point, 36 years. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's time to trust me. And I really feel like that was the pivotal time in my life because I'm like, I, I get it. I get it. I really have been doing things my way. And, and another friend had told me, you've become this, you used to be one of the most positive people I knew, and you've become this angry guy. Mm. And, and I didn't want to be that guy either. And so I really feel like the Lord was just showing me, Jeff, it's time to do it my way. And so that was the pivotal night for me. So God told Jeff, it's time to do it my way. Uh, Greg, give some practical ways that couples can can do that, can can keep God at the center of the relationship and kind of stop doing it their way. Yeah, that's it's overwhelming to try to go. Okay, what now? What what does that really look like? How do we do that in our marriage? I know for me, I, I needed just some simple ways to do that. So as I've thought that through, for me, it's it's three things. So. I, Aaron and I really try to do what we would call kind of practicing daily disciplines. In other words, you know, reading the Bible, doing a daily devotional, praying together, um, you know, listening to praise and worship music is one of my most favorite. We've got those little home speakers everywhere. And so, you know, when we're in the morning, when it's morning time, we're getting ready, I just say google play you know whatever my favorite you know radio, christian radio station and we just we hear that music i love that um the the point is you know rather we're listening to a church sermon podcast or whatever it's it's we're doing something every day and you're doing it together we're doing it together yeah. now the research would say okay if you just choose one thing cuz even that's a long list that feels overwhelming pray together hmm. that i'm telling you the research just unequivocally shows that when Aaron and I pray together on a regular basis, try to every day, it just it it so strengthens our relationships and it just it drives our satisfaction way up. We're happier together as a couple. We're more likely to stay together. Um, so there's kind of the what are we going to do every day? Just pick one of those little mm-hmm. little disciplines together. Um, weekly fellowship is all about attending church. And, and the reason why that's so powerful is that we're introduced and surrounded by other Christian marriages in, who care about marriage, who, mm-hmm. who are willing to encourage our relationship. And, and we just develop those friendships and create the community. And community 
A strong community is so important for our marriage. We always say it takes a village to raise a marriage, and, and that's so true. And that's how going to church every week, that's the true benefit on a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then we always say this third kind of component is uh, do an annual service adventure. In other words, go on a mission trip together. That can be locally. That can be going down and volunteering together for a few hours at, you know... Homeless some, shelter, maybe? Wherever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or literally saving up the money and, and going to another country or going to another state and just investing. I tell you, if you want to rock your spiritual relationship with the Lord, go on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the value. So so th- that gives me kind of a target. Okay, what am I? What are we doing every day? And we don't hit that every day. I mean, I, yeah, that would make it sound like I'm perfect and we're perfect and we're not. But it's a target, you know. Go to church every week and then every year yeah. do some mission trip, some kind of adventure like that together. See what that does. This is this is practicing those spiritual disciplines and building each other up. And uh, when you when you talk to the Lord, He'll often get your attention, like He did with Jeff. Yeah. And say, Hey, um, I've got a way. Why don't you try this? Yeah. Well, if you need to see God breathe some life into your struggling marriage, we certainly do recommend our Hope Restored marriage intensives. Uh, They are phenomenal. Uh, Dina and I had an opportunity to attend and participate, not just watch, but participate in a small group intensive. It was life-changing. It's made a difference for us. It's not that we were divorce-minded, but we were weary. I've mentioned this before, I think. I mean, 30 years of parenting and half of that special needs parenting, we were just spent. Yeah. And uh, we lost our way a little bit in communication, in assumptions, in doing some of the things you've been talking about even just today, some of those spiritual disciplines. Hope Restored renewed that element in our lives, and um, it's not perfect, but we're sure a lot better. So please know that Hope Restored is a terrific program. There are scholarships. Um, it is worth the investment, and we're going to link over to Hope Restored uh, resources for you in the show notes. And you can find out more about Jeff and Cheryl's story. If you're a reader, get the book, I Do Again. We're making that available for a gift of any amount to the ministry. And uh, the link for that is going to be in the show notes. Next time, we'll be talking about empathy and the importance of empathy in your relationship. For now, on behalf of the Smallies and the entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.